How did everyone uh, go with the weather yesterday? Everyone's doing okay? I, uh, who has lost power? I know the, the woods have. We've got Talia and Fricky, you're kind of in the same uh, area. Now, just um, put your hand down if you've got gas hot water. Just, uh, and then just kind of interpret what you want uh, out of that. I, 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 did, I did hear uh, Jared assured me that they've got gas hot water this morning, so the woods are smelling fresh. Uh, so it's okay to go near them. Uh, last week, we started uh, the series, uh, Community Service, uh, exploring the idea of uh, service and servanthood. And what I do want to show is quite the opposite of the image behind me, and just welcome to my sense of humour and uh, my brain. I want to show the idea that service, servanthood, being a servant in the kingdom, is quite the opposite of the idea of a forced sentence that might be implied by the image behind me. It is actually a path to personal freedom and community building. For the first part last week, uh, we looked at the example Jesus set as the ultimate servant leader, both in word and deed. And this is nicely summed up in Matthew chapter 20, verse uh, 25 to 28. Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord over them and the high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And give his life as a ransom for many. It's a great paradoxical statement of the role reversal leadership we might see in many uh, organisations and institutions Rather than exercising authority, Jesus is saying a godly leader willingly becomes a servant of others. He is the son of God, not coming to be an earthly king and a ruler and an emperor and a conqueror with servants and people giving platitudes, but he came to serve you and me. He did not come into the world for himself, but for us. And in Luke twenty-two twenty-seven, he said, I am among you as one who serves. So that brings us to this week. We know Jesus was and is a great servant. We know who to follow the example of, Jesus. But why should we be servants? Why? It's all right for Jesus to be a great servant, but why, why should we uh, take that example? Is it because he was a model to aspire to? So let's do what he did and what he said. As Paul writes in 1 Corinthians uh, verse 1, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Or you might be familiar with the translation, uh, which is a New Living Translation, or others uh, use the word imitate. And you should imitate me just as I imitate Christ. Jesus also says similar things in describing how his followers should live their life. In John 13, verse 13, he says, You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. 
I have set you an example that you should, that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. So, following the example of Jesus is good. That's part of it. That's part of why. But that might not be enough to sustain you when serving, being a servant in servanthood gets tough. And it can. And it does. Take a moment to think about what God has done in your life. We had prayer earlier in the service. There were some things that people could pray for. We celebrated the fact that uh, Tali and Fricky have got permanent residency in Australia. I know in my world, God has done huge things in terms of financial provision. Uh, I think one of the greatest blessings in my life is the people that have been a part of my life in various stages growing up in Christchurch in New Zealand, spending seven years in Sydney, being surrounded by some amazing people, and then now living in Adelaide for the last 10 years. In each of those phases, uh, there's been an abundance of provision, of uh, financial blessing. Uh, there's been uh, amazing relationships and people imparting wisdom, godly wisdom uh, that we've been blessed with, and those relationships continue, and that's where I find... Uh, amazing blessing in my life. But what about you? Let's just take a moment just to reflect and think, what, what has he done for you? Is it the mere fact that he's saved you from eternal hell? Like salvation, you know, he's forgiven you for your sins, given you uh, access to eternal life and, and heaven. Is it the financial provision he has given you? of the relationships. Maybe he has brought healing into your world, whether physical healing, spiritual healing, emotional healing, mental health, people around you, the wisdom he's brought. You might have been set free from hopelessness, addiction, weariness, depression, anxiety. These are things that you can be set free from in the Holy Spirit. What has Jesus done in your world? Think and reflect on that. For there are people that might still feel how you did before or have the circumstances you did before Jesus came and answered prayer. There are people that don't know the love of God like you do. And so we should start to think, because God has changed our lives, because of Jesus' work in our world, if there's anything we can do to help someone else experience that, we should. We'll do it. The full reason we serve should be that Jesus changed our life. And so we do what we can to help others find Jesus too. If Jesus has changed your life, that should be the ultimate motivation to be serving him and helping others find the same thing, Jesus. And because Jesus changed our life, we should want to follow the example he set and the teaching he shared. So all the things he shared earlier are still relevant. But we start with he changed our life, and so we want others to experience that. And because he changed our life, we'll follow the example that he set and the teaching he showed. If you start with just the teaching, 
things might get weary, might become a burden, but if you start with the freedom that Jesus brought into your world, and that's the motivation to serve, and that's where you uh, get the inspiration and the Holy Spirit empowers you, it becomes a lot easier. It's the oil that keeps things moving and turning. Serving Jesus might look like serving in church. It might look like serving our friends and family or serving in the wider community. And it brings us to community service as the title of the series. But it's not serving out of an obligation, as the picture might indicate, an obligation on uh, the consequences of actions. It's serving out of an oblig- not out of an obligation to follow an example, but a burden for others to experience what you have with Jesus. This burden should ignite us to action, even when it could be inconvenient, take time, take resources. We don't serve out of that obligation. We serve because we're burdened by the idea of friends and family and people in our community spending eternity apart from their creator. So what does this serving look like? Well, I said last week that there won't be a a sign-up form as part of the series. The idea of serving is bigger than uh, needs to fill roles on a roster. And I, I want that to be clear. It's about a lifestyle. It's about having a, what we call a servant heart first. It's about the motivation inside you to be helping others. It's about serving from that motivation to bring Jesus to our community. And there's something really simple you can do to serve the people around you in the coming weeks, just as an example. It all revolves around Christmas. Christmas is unique in our culture, in our time. It's a marquee time on our calendar. And there is a great openness to the story and celebrations behind Christmas. Every year when we start singing carols, I see the words and I think, how amazing is it that many people who have never been in church or never spent a great amount of time in church are singing the words telling Jesus' story. That might be singing carols that are singing praise and bringing glory to Jesus. It's magical in the right sense of the word, not in kind of wizards and things kind of magic. It's, it's kind of magic and powerful in terms of what can be happening in people's worlds, the seeds that are being sown. And there are some easy, easy things we can do in this Christmas season. One, it was shared earlier, we can invite them to our Christmas services. That could be sending them a text message when you catch up for coffee, just when you're making your plans, say, what are you doing over Christmas? Well, on Christmas Eve, we're going to be here at five, five o'clock, right? Yep, five o'clock. <laughs> I, I, should, I shouldn't know that. Or the, the Sunday morning, the, the family one the week before. The second thing you could do is serve, and, and maybe you are on a team already, and thank you for being part of the team. Maybe you're helping out for extra things that happen when events like Christmas come around that are outside of the, the regular week to week. Or if you're not part of any of those, you could serve by connecting with visitors, connecting with the friends and family and members of the community that come along. You can serve them with amazing hospitality, 
serve them by providing connection and conversation. There are many ways to serve that aren't just kind of filling roles, as I said earlier. It's about having the servant heart and wanting to bring the experience you have, the relationship you have with Jesus to others. When you do these things, know you are serving not just the people of this church, but serving every person coming through the door, helping to create moments and experiences for them to see Jesus. That can be a nice reminder or a reset when we're considering current or future serving. Remembering who it is ultimately for is helpful to align to that purpose and give us the reason why. Why we do what we do. You can also do these same things for any Sunday and we encourage that and thank you for all the ways that you do serve. And just on that, I'd like to acknowledge the service of a few people. Uh, when I turned up at 8.45 this morning, uh, they were working hard across the road, uh, Bill and Richard. Bill was blowing leaves from the forecourt across the road, and Richard was setting up the fences and uh, some of the furniture out there. Now, what, what I think are some of the uh, coolest things about hospitality and serving others are doing things that are not noticed unless they're not done. For, for example, blowing leaves away from a forecourt, when we go over there and have coffee, and uh, I don't know if it's raining at the moment or not, but if you spend time outside there, you go out there, have a coffee. I, I like to stand around outside. I like the fresh air. And you don't really think about anything, but if Bill hadn't been there at eight, probably 8.30 or earlier, blowing leaves around and blowing them away, then we'd be like standing around and there'd be soggy leaves and the other things that are amazing kind of behind the scenes where people have a servant heart that are doing things that are the unseen that you would never think about unless they're not done. Probably like cleaning the toilets as well. It's pretty obvious if they're not clean, but you don't really think about it if, if they are. So a big thank you to Bill and Richard for your serving. And then when I came into, into the building this morning, I was greeted by the the three older hoopers. And so you've got Dano and Loretta in here and, and George. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, Bailey's not a hooper anymore, but you're older than Bailey. But <laughs> that, that was my reference point. Same <laughs> family. Thank you. I was like, oh, I put fresh batteries in this morning. That should be good. It's got the, the power of the mute button. <laughs> but members of the same family with a servant heart, uh, they didn't come together because George's got, got his own place. So they've come in different vehicles. But here they are, early, uh, serving us to set things up to make sure the music's ready, that the, the seats are out, and all, all the bits and, and all the, the amazing things that particularly Loretta does during the week that just kind of make things tick that we never notice. So I'd like to just, can we thank Bill, Richard, and, and the Hoopers for all the service? Now, Christmas is that unique opportunity. So I encourage you to think and pray about who you can invite, how you can be serving, how you can be bringing 
that experience, that relationship with Jesus to people in your world. I'm going to ask the bands to, to come up. And in a moment, we're going to sing uh, that last song, Graves into Gardens, that we did. And next week, we're going to get a little bit more personal, if that's okay. Uh, last week, we talked about we know who we're going to follow the example of. Today was we know why we should serve out of that motivation of bringing relationship with Jesus, experience with the Holy Spirit, everything that we have been blessed with by God to, to others. Next week, I want to dig a little deeper into how. Not how to serve as in like how to do the sound or how to sing, because uh, I, I can't teach you that, I promise. I can't teach you that. Not how to kind of do operational things, but how do we get ourselves to a place of putting others first? Some of it is from last week and this week, but how do we serve when times get rough? What's our, our motivations and the, the uh, things we need to align to and the things that will get us over humps as uh, life can get difficult and that will keep us going? So that's next week. But what, what I want to do in a moment is to reflect on the reason we serve. Jesus changed our life. And so we want to bring that to others in our world. So take a moment again to think about what God has done in your life, the things that might have popped into your mind earlier when I was talking, whether it's just that experience of salvation and having eternal life the forgiveness of sins, provision, blessing, answer prayer, the relationships around you, freedom from uh, sickness, from oppression, depression. Just think on those things. And also just want to call out that if you've never made a decision to follow Jesus and have those, you, you, you want those things. You, you want... Um, forgiveness from sin. You want the freedom that comes with the life in Jesus. We will have a couple of people uh, up here at the front after the service, as we do every week, available for prayer. And we would love you to uh, come and pray a prayer with them to accept Jesus and to make that decision for yourself. Because everything we do here, all these people, all of the lights, all the people on our team, they're here to serve you and create moments like this where you can respond. But to finish, we're going to sing this song again, Graves into Gardens, and to think about what are the graves that Jesus has set you free from. Maybe as we sang before, I know I'm not a lyric first person. I'm kind of a very lyric last. I do not remember things unless they're on the screen. So you might be like me, but when a song like Graves in the Gardens comes along, I like the ding, 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 ding moments and you know, the, the, the different parts of music, and that's what I like, kind of mixing. And maybe as we sang it before, we kind of just were in the motions of, okay, this is the song before the preach, and we've just had giving, and yeah, routine, routine's good because when we know what to expect, but sometimes we like to break up the routine just to 
mix it up. As we sing, rather than jump through the verses and the chorus and the bridge and the chorus and the bridge and the bridge and the bridge and the chorus, just a little nod to how music is. It's fun, I like it. Just taking a jab at ourselves and what we like to do. Take a moment to reflect on what he has done for you. To kind of reset to the motivation. Maybe we're serving in actual, like, volunteer serving roles. Maybe we're serving our neighbours in our community. It might, it might be tough. It's getting to a busy time of the year. Let's reflect on why we serve. Lyrics like, you came along and put me back together. Who's that for? It's happened for you. So let's sing and reflect on that. But at the same time as we're singing, let's celebrate that. Let's reflect. I don't know what like reflective and celebration is it kind of like, uh, some of you might just want to reflect the, the whole time and kind of, but I, I think that there should be an element uh, and energy that comes from praising and celebrating these things that have happened for us. And as we do that, rather than just kind of sing the song for the sake of singing the song, let the Holy Spirit talk to you about who you can be serving, who you can be helping, who needs that experience, who needs the, the encounter with Jesus that you have had. There's nothing better than you not afraid to show weakness and flaws. You've seen them all, you still call me friend. The God of the mountain is the God of the valley. There's not a place your mercy and grace won't find me again. If you've experienced mercy and grace, let's reflect, but celebrate that. Sing it out and think about who in your world needs mercy and grace. Probably don't have to think too far. Probably the people you think are the furthest from God. I would love a bit of mercy and grace right now. So let's sing. Let's all stand. The band will lead us and let's reflect, but celebrate and sing. And as we do, think about who in our world can be, we can be serving and bringing this uh, encounter with Jesus into their world. Thanks, Ben.